you are a grown human being. But just look at yourself. Look what you've become. You're addicted. It started when you were young, just a little bit here and there. And over time, you can't get enough of video games. Welcome to One More Game. They keep making them, and we keep playing them. And everyone around us will keep nagging. Boy, you guys sure do complain a lot. If it's video game news, reviews, and commentary, we're talking about it. So when your life doesn't allow you to spend time playing games, we've got you covered. This is the One More Game Podcast. And now your hosts, The Stroke and Swift Mita. All right, gamers, welcome to One More Game Podcast, episode 12. It is 15 May 2022. I am your host, The Stroke, and I am here with my good buddy, Swift Me Da. Swift, what's up? Not much, man. How's it going? It's good. Uh, yeah, just ready to talk about video games and, uh, you know, chat. Do you have a good weekend? Yeah, it was pretty good. Kind of did a lot of stuff around the house. Hung nice. out with uh, hung out with the fam, but uh, nothing crazy. What about you? Uh, same, literally, dude. The these weekends are kind of my favorite these days. Now that I'm a, a grown person, <laughs> the weekends that I have no plans, I just get to chill. Yeah, spoken like spoken like a true introvert. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, let's see. What do we got going on? All right. Let's give everyone a little uh, heads up here. So we're going to be talking about some serious uh, stuff, but we, you know, we'll keep it as light as uh, as is appropriate. Um, but we're going to be talking about mental health this week. So uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of get into what that's going to look like here in a minute. But just just so you're aware um, and not taken off guard. But that's going to be the major topic for this week. Um, but before we get into that, I gotta I gotta bring this up. So we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be together IRL in uh, a week or so. So I know wedding. it's been it's been so it's been way too long. I know. What are we, we're down. We're at about a a year now. I think right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. We uh we're gonna be gaming while we're you know at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably. You know, like we love easy and all. I'll pr- I probably dip out of the wedding a little early to get some games in. You know, yeah, let's bring my laptop. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's get into that uh, battle royale instead of yeah. uh, instead of you know how the end of a wedding uh, reception kind of just devolves yeah, and it just and, tapers off. Yeah. You know, uh, no, but I think when you and I were talking earlier, I think oof, great point. We need to bring the switch and and I'll bring yeah. mine and get some overcooked or you know whatever it happens to be together because the bo- the boys are back the boys are back together and uh yeah switch sports is out we uh, nintendo switch sports so maybe we can get a little uh you know competitive bowling going on i love that sweet dude well uh you got anything else you want to highlight about your uh your flying week or anything going on in your world Nope. All right. Well, with that said, we'll get rolling right into the news uh, for the week. 
All right. And I just wanted to mention, if you're in the chat, thank you for joining us for our weekly uh, podcast about video games. We are happy to have you, especially you loyalists. If this is your first time here listening or uh, live in the chat, just hit that follow button. We really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us kind of kind of grow and spread our message. But uh, yeah. All right. First topic of the news for the week. Our One of our favorite games of the last 10 years, Elden Ring, right? Uh, it's finally dethroned Call of Duty in a 12-month period. So, and Elden Ring's been out for what two months? Yeah, since February. Dude, it's <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. So it's the first game in I don't know how many years that has sold more in a 12-month period than a Call of Duty title game. And uh, it's only been out for two months, right? Which is insane <laughs> to me, yeah. just, just statistics-wise, but. Uh, yeah, so right now over the last 12 months, you're looking at Elden Ring, Call of Duty Vanguard, Madden, which blows my mind. Yeah, that's uh, weird. The most recent Pokemon games, Diamond and Shining Pearl, Battlefield 2042. Whoops. Yeah. And, and then mom. this one will uh, maybe kind of get you excited to buy this game, but Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga is sitting at number six. So. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. And that hasn't been out long. No. That's also a recent. Yeah. So might be good enough to, uh, to try out, but cool. Yeah. Are you surprised by Elden Ring? I, I have no surprises, but. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I kind of am. If it's based off of 12 months or 12 months. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's been out for two and a half months now. It surprises me that it has taken over Call of Duty. And then it doesn't because like we talk about every week, the game, the game is wonderful. It's beautiful. You know, like anything you can ask for in a video game, it's there. Right. Um, but the fact that it has dethroned Call of Duty, which you would think all these people are playing Call of Duty still, but maybe not. Maybe there's a. Maybe there's a surge of people who are just getting over it. You know, yeah, and leaving leaving the game. I yeah, I, I mean, I will say that Vanguard, right? This you didn't have to buy it to play Warzone, so that could kind of be contributing to it. Um, yeah, true. But yeah, I'm definitely surprised that just two months of sales have toppled a game that I mean, pretty much most people who play Warzone probably bought Vanguard to level their weapons. But probably, yeah, I'm. I'm kind of amazed that Elden Ring has been able to cross that gap that always existed with Souls games because there were certain people that just never wanted to try them because they were so punishing and hard, right? Like, like you and I. Like me. Yeah. yeah. Like me two months ago. And so that's the market that they've tapped into finally because they've created something that is so good that people are like, well, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to at least try it and then end up loving it. You yeah. Know? 700 hours later like some of our friends <laughs> right cool man all right let's move on to the next topic more stats for you so the nintendo switch has outsold the ps4 and is now the fourth best selling console in u.s history what are your really? thoughts yeah i wonder what um what, what that list looks like yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, bottom line, it doesn't surprise me, right? right. The Switch is so versatile. Uh, 
to be able to I mean, you can play Fort like you you can play most of the games on there, plus all of the Nintendo exclusives, plus you can play them when you're sitting on the couch, you know. Right. Doing nothing. Uh, yeah. not to say that your Xbox or PS4 or PS5 couldn't do that, but um, the fact that it's right there at your fingertips, it, it doesn't surprise me at all to to see the Switch do so well. Um, because it's so it's I mean it, we've talked about it previously. It's it's an amazing console, if you even want to call it a console. Right. right? I mean it, it it's not really a console, but it's but it's awesome. It's and it's, it's great at what it does. Right. I guess is the bottom line. No other company has done handhelds as good as Nintendo has, right? Game Boy and DS and Switch. Right. Um, but with Switch being... I think Switch has a few things going for it, right? It's very non-committal, and when you purchase it, it kind of feels like it's less serious. You're not paying $500 for this thing. It's, what, 300 I think, or a little bit less for the lights. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. So the price point isn't as high. You, it's kind of fun and lighthearted, but then you can take it on the go and play it at your home. It's just, it's just a match made in heaven. And uh, I'm looking at the list here, all right? You ready for the top sellers above Switch at this point? Yeah. What, was, what would be your guess for number one? Um, probably Xbox, I guess. No. PlayStation 2. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of huh. crazy. I didn't expect that, but I guess, I guess so. I don't know. That was the kind of the resurgence of like Crash Bandicoot and right the God of War uh, yeah. games. God, God of War started then. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there are a lot more that I'm that I just don't remember. But yeah, I think a lot of people were. That was during the launch of Xbox. So I think a lot of people were kind of iffy about committing to something that was that new so they knew that playstation you know had a good track record so they just sold 155 million copies and counties cool nintendo ds is number two okay that makes sense to me because every child in 2005 had one of these every single child yeah I used to work at one of my jobs was like after school daycare, watching elementary school kids until their parents could get them. And every single kid had a DS that you really constantly try to get them to stop playing. No kidding. Okay. I never had, I mean, I was a, you know, a junior in high school at that point. So I never had anything past for Nintendo, it goes basically Nintendo 64 for me, and then the Switch. Yeah. That's basically my, you know, because when I was in college, I was playing Xbox and playing Halo with my roommate. And, right. You know, you missed, you missed playing, out on, playing a couple, on PC. Right. You missed out on a couple bangers in GameCube and Wii, but honestly, you didn't miss too much. Yeah, right. And you probably got a little bit of that with your homies. And then uh, at number three, right above the Switch, is another Nintendo product, but Game Boy. This one doesn't surprise me because it was not expensive. Your first ability to play on the go. So, like, must have sold like hotcakes when it first came out. Okay. So, yeah, I, I guess I 
sorry, I think I missed the premise to start like total sales of all time. All, all time in the US. Okay. Well then yeah, absolutely. Game Boy is Yeah. I mean, does that include like it doesn't it's not cornholed to like just the original Game Boy. I'm just, I'm assuming no. it's Game Boy Advance and no, Game, it, it's Game not Boy Advanced. Color. It's and... Game It's Game Boy Color and Game Boy. Okay. So uh, still does, yeah, yeah. still doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So if you're looking to make a handheld, go talk to Nintendo. Um, yeah, they figured it out. Although we might have a, a contender here, which we'll talk about later in the show. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's move on. Did you ever play the Alan Wake game? Nope. Okay. It's a really cool game if you're into kind of like uh, old school horror, like um, HP Lovecraft stuff, which I'm sure you're not. Yeah, we've discussed this. I'm not into <laughs> anything horror. Yeah, um, but uh, it's a really neat game. The guy's like an artist or a, a writer, and you're kind of like finding these little clues to this weird psychological thing going on. Uh, a lot of the tropes that like shows like um, Stranger Things have with like big mon- monsters who like are so huge that you can't even begin to understand them. That's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Okay. Um, but it's coming to the Switch fall of 2022. So if you're into that game, I highly recommend giving it a playthrough. You'll be able to play it on Nintendo Switch coming up here. And that's the remastered version, so it's not going to look terrible like it did back in the day. It didn't look terrible, but it aged. Yeah. Uh, I would say, Swift, if someone forces you to play a horror game, this would be the one you should pick. You think? Yeah. Okay. It be, it's not too scary it's fun it's fun uh control it can it plays kind of like um uncharted mixed with i don't know it's hard to explain but it's cool cool so highly recommend checking that out if you haven't played before on the switch and then one more topic on our (laughs) i gotta make sure you're up to date on on the halo series are you are you up to date i am all right, and I'm going to throw this out there. So if you're watching and you haven't seen the last two episodes of Halo, spoilers. I'll give you like 10 seconds to skip through this and then uh, <laughs> skip forward like, I don't know, a minute, and then you won't uh, get spoiled. And if you're in the chat, close your ears, earmuffs. But Master Chief has finally popped his cherry, lost his virginity, with an alien spy. What are your thoughts? <laughs> they- yeah, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dude. It's, it's weird. You can't I have th- a gaming podcast without talking. I feel like this is a big moment in gaming history. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know where to, where to dive in. Good, you know, good for him. Good for <laughs> And her. Good for her. Really? Yeah, more, yeah. yeah I mean... This is celebrity right there, so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's happened. You remember when I said we were talking about this show and I was like, if they make Master Chief not like so straightforward like he is in the games, the show will be successful. They, yeah. took, they took that and went <laughs> way too far. Like, I never meant Master Chief to be having a romance. Like, I, I don't. don't <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, think about the people that are watching shows these days. Right. True. Everyone's just looking for a good like a good time 
so to speak. Not necessarily like a g- good time, but like everyone wants the character development. You know, the yeah, yeah. Especially like Shannon when she wa- when we watched Halo, she's like she likes to. They all like to fall in love with certain characters. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. of course they have to bring it to a certain point to keep people interested. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I I think they uh, have done that. <laughs> yeah, they did do that. So yeah, Master Chief, he's done it. He's 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 done there, it. There's nothing left in the universe to to do, and uh, he should be your idol. But yeah. all right, that's all we got for news this week, gamers. So we can get into our major topic. But first, let's hit you with the games radar for the week. All right, man. I told you May was going to be slow, but I got a couple for you that you might want to check out. Okay. Speaking of the games radar, did you check? Did you uh, check out Unpacking? I have not, but I did buy a game that's not quite as, you know, uh, soothing. Yeah. But we'll talk about it later. Okay. Well, coming out on 18th of May, you've got a game called Gibbon Beyond the Trees. This game was a mobile game originally, and then it's kind of been coming out on stuff slowly. But on the 18th, it'll be out on everything. And uh, if you ever wanted to be a gibbon flying through the trees, doing aerial maneuvers, and uh, just being generally awesome, there you go. This game is perfect. A couple screenshots for you or GIFs. GIFs? Is it GIFs or GIFs, Swift? I have no idea. All right, I'm going to go with uh, GIFs. But yeah, dude, any, uh, any thoughts about this really dude, cool? The, fir- <laughs> the first uh, little GIF or GIF that you sent, mm-hmm. or we're, we're, we were showing, where the dude's on, I mean, are the you little, a sloth in this you're a, game? You're a gibbon. It's like a... It's like a marsupial, I don't know, a little monkey. Oh, okay. In so, the like, just look like a sloth, but faster. Yeah, you're like I a guess. fast, you're a fast sloth. Fast sloth, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, this clip that you're currently showing reminds me of, uh, like, some sort of Worms game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You remember playing those games? Yeah. Worms 3D or whatever, where you I, would... You're this worm and you had to shoot things over terrain. Oh, yeah. Um, Wind mattered and trajectories and all that. Yeah, all all this stuff mattered. So this reminds me of like, yep, here's my baby, but my baby (laughs) explodes. And uh, take that. I hope that's not what happens. It looks like. Well, (laughs) probably not. But that's just what it reminds me of. I get what you're getting at. The whole like uh, big trajectories and kind of i'm guessing that's yeah. what the gameplay is about is kind of you know getting your jump right and all that you gotta fake yeah figure out where to jump and what to jump on yeah, yeah. i mean it looks cool yeah it looks entertaining for sure i might i might uh put this on my phone just to check it out but yeah that'd be that'd be a good uh bathroom game right there yeah for sure <laughs> all right 18th of may go ahead and check it out Next on the docket is a, I feel like I'm always telling you horror games, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) you are, it's a game called Dolmen. 
It's kind of a uh, a call it a action sci-fi survival type game. Um, but I want to show you the trailer. Okay. But the we got second. No, that second screenshot just looks. There's some sort of alien thing. I'm I'm out. Yeah, you're out. <laughs> Let's see if we can get a, a decent ad here. Uh, no. All right. Anyways. Yeah, dude. This game is. It reminds. I saw some gameplay. Go ahead and check it out when you have the time. But um, the fighting. It's weird because you see him with a. If, with a gun here, but it looked a lot like God of War game, like fighting style. So I don't know if you can be ranged and then you get into like melee damage battles, but um, overall it kind of gives me of like a uh, a Dead Space meets God of War vibe, and uh, yeah. that might be kind of cool. I know you yeah. will not be playing this, but... As long as there... Dude, honestly, I would play it. If there's not things hopping out of closets behind me, yeah and i'm in i can't promise you yeah i can't promise you that but there you go dolman comes out on everything but the switch on the 20th of may all right all right team other than that that's about all i got for you for uh this week coming up in games but uh on my radar so big news for one more game podcast but i got an email from valve telling me my steam deck was ready to ship so that should be yes, arriving sir. here in the next few days so you can check out our uh, omg podcast youtube page for an unboxing exclusive uh content for you there i'll give you a you know everything you need to know about opening this bad johnny up plugging it in playing my initial thoughts and then uh we'll be bringing you content of uh, my reviews of that thing and and the games on it coming up here in the next few weeks but i was pretty stoked when i got the email i was i was uh, we'll talk about it in a minute but i was actually in uh therapy and i my phone buzzed and i was like oh 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 i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i know i know you messaged me and yeah i was like let's go let's go baby so, all right so there you have it it's on the way steam deck Cool, dude. Anything on your radar in the in the future besides, uh, I guess, the wedding? But nope, that's it. Sweet. Well, that gives us plenty of time to move on to listener emails. So Wait. this week we have a not necessarily an email, but a question from uh, Nana F sixteen, who's in the chat. Thank you for joining us, and here's your question. So with Father's Day coming up, what are some good ideas to get your dad gaming? So what are your initial thoughts? Like if someone was like, Swift, I'll pay you a thousand dollars if you can get your dad addicted to a video game. What what would your what would you try? Honestly, I would I would get a or either buy a switch or give my dad the switch and and start with something simple like overcooked, right? Where we're yeah. all kind of hanging out together and we can, you know, uh play it. But uh, hoping obviously to get him into some sort of like Super Mario Odyssey because yeah. I I know that there's there's really no like cap on how old you have to be or how interested you have to be in video games to play a game like that because it I mean it's one of 
it's a great great game right it's very easy to get into and get involved with and understand um so it would start like that and then maybe you know get them in the elden ring yeah. <laughs> just, you just uh, yeah. you, you're gonna go right from mario odyssey to elden yeah. ring. got it all right just, just like in a year or two you know cool well yeah. that's one strategy folks <laughs> uh i think you're right i would i would lean towards the switch to start that way we can play something together because um, yeah. if you just throw him a game by himself and be like, you're going to love it, but he's not going to be able to get past certain things unless he's gaming with someone. Uh, I think that's the way to go. So you can pick up a Switch Lite for 240 bucks, which is a pretty, pretty good Father's Day gift. And then uh, get him a couple games on there. And yeah. uh, just let him, let him grow. Let him spread his wings, his boomer wings, and play. And I think, I think that there's a, a lot of... Uh, and we, we've kind of talked about it on the... Uh, show earlier um there there are plenty of games on the switch that are very simple to get into right right if someone is genuinely interested in trying gaming the switch i feel like is the the best start to or best spot to start you know yeah totally it's very easy to get into the games and then they progress from there and you know whatever Totally agree. So there you go, Nana F16. I don't see any other suggestions in the uh, chat, but that's my recommendation. Get him a Switch and then get him on a Mario game. And, and yeah. what, you, what you could do to get him hooked is you can go onto the Switch store and there's a like, classic arcade game bundle game that you can buy. Absolutely. So, like, show him the games that he, he knew and loved when he was a, a youngster and then yeah, that, that's the first little hit, and then he'll be addicted after that. But. <laughs> Dude, it's so true, and Switch makes it so easy, so to speak. Mm. You know, to to download all of the arcade game, all the all the old, you know, all the games that our parents grew up playing in the arcade. Right. To just like get in there and yeah, I don't know. Well, there you have it. Thank you for the email slash. Uh message nana f16 and if you want to reach out to one more game you can reach us at omgpodcastgg at gmail.com send us your questions we'd love to hear your thoughts uh your kind of what you'd like to hear us talk about and we'll we'll get into it or you can just tell us that we're terrible and we should stop doing this and we will not pay any heed yeah and no one thinks that let's be honest yeah all right man you ready you ready to get Get a little, uh, you know. You know oh, yeah. You know, I'm ready. Cool, dude. We will move into the major topic for the week, and that is mental health and gaming. All right. So we should start off with a little, uh, little discretion advisory here, we'll call it, or some transparency. So we are going to be talking about mental health with topics including suicide, depression, anxiety. Uh, all those type of things. So if, if any of those things are an issue for you, trigger warning for that. If you're struggling uh, right now, like during this podcast, uh, reach out for help. Reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. 
if you're in an emergency situation, something's already happened and you need help immediately, of course, call 911. But um, yeah, we just want to make sure that you guys are uh, mentally prepared for these type of topics. But, you know, it's Swift and I, so we'll keep it uh, genial and non-political and uh, relatively light. But this is a heavier week of, of conversation. But it will be related back to gaming, so. At least you got that going for you. Anything else to say before we get into the nitty gritty? No, man. You nailed it. All right, man. Let's get a, Let's just start with a general uh, topic for to start off. So, what what are your thoughts on mental health and how kind of society views it these days, and uh, you know where we're at currently in society? Well, I think that we're. Um in a great place overall whether you have trauma from abuse like actual physical abuse mental abuse ptsd any like literally anything from your past i think we're in a we're in a very solid spot where um finally people are taking it seriously right uh where they had you know, we are where we as a society haven't in the past. Um, so I think we're in a great spot where like, no kidding, if you need help, reach out, you know, go, go to therapy, get help you need. Um, and I know we've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts that like, seriously, please seek the help that you need. Um, and Nobody is going to hold it against you. And if they do, then you don't need that person in your life because they're not worth it. Right. Yeah. If you're reaching out to help and someone's not going to help you seriously, like that's not the person for you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, dude. I think never before in, in human history, have we had such a positive, not positive, but like helpful, effective outlook on mental health it's not perfect but it's getting better over time just to be just to be transparent with the listeners i'm currently um going through a therapy and uh, psychiatric help for my ptsd depression and anxiety which we'll get into here in a bit but i will say that it's been i had like a mental stigma about this type of stuff before you know it kind of affected me i always kind of thought you know nothing can be that bad or whatever and uh i have been completely just mind blown by what i've learned over the last few months about myself other people um and and how this all kind of works you just have to remember that the the human mind slash how we perceive emotion it's a body part right and you can get injured in so many different ways in your body well the brain is one of the most complex body parts and of course there's going to be a plethora of injuries that you can get with that and it's not necessarily going to be something physiological or or obvious right and that's kind of where mental health lives so i think the more we move towards viewing mental health um as an injury that not only can you not only people need help fixing that injury or at least healing or recovering or at, or being a safe space but that you can recover and get better just like you would if you sprained your ankle right yeah 
So and, yeah, dude. I, like I'll be honest, I I think there's a lot like like you talked about initially. I think there's a stigma to it, especially for like you and I in the Air Force, right? Right. If you and I were to go to a mental health doctor as a second lieutenant, like. Yeah, it's important, but it also probably, and I think this is where we need to figure out where the line is drawn, um, but it probably has an effect on your career, especially us as flyers, right? Right. So there, there's a certain, there's a stigma attached to it where, okay, well, I can't go see a mental health professional. I can't go get the help that I need despite having severe anxiety or whatever ptsd whatever it happens to be um so i i think that's also a huge part of it and i know like the the wings are trying to work through that to figure out like how do we do this in a safe space so that people know that it's not going to negatively affect your career right and i'm sure it's the same whether you're a pilot or you're a coder or an engineer or whatever you right. know like they're they're i'm sure it in leadership's mind there's a certain stigma attached to oh this guy this guy or gal is is messed up mentally right maybe they don't deserve that promotion that they've worked so hard for which is right like right out right, right. that's that's not how it should work um but i know there is that behind the scenes um which I think obviously needs to be fixed, right? Right. Because mental health is very important. If you, dude, if you're not healthy mentally, how are you, like, how are you putting in your best work every day at, at whatever, like, literally whatever job you're doing? Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right? If you're, if you're not good up here and in here, yeah. Nothing is going <laughs> to, you're not going right. to be effective at anything. Right. Yeah. You hit on some good points, dude. I, uh, I think the military has come a long way, um, and I'm only speaking from my f- 15 years doing this gig, but uh, there's definitely some, some way to go, I'll say, but we're a oh, long way. Sure. We're a long way from you know Vietnam, where dudes came back and got stuff thrown at them by the public, and they all had PTSD, and no one was there right. to help. And um, yeah. as someone who kind of uh, <laughs> As a pilot who hid a lot of his, uh, or like, didn't address a lot of my mental issues because I was going through pilot training, I will, I will offer a, a word of caution if you're doing stuff like that, is that it's going to be worse the longer you don't deal with it. Um, so I was so, and, you know, not really understanding what was going on. Um, but also like worried about, like you said, the career thing and the flying and all that, like I'm not going to go deal with that stuff because I'm trying to achieve certain goals. And now it's had much, much worse effect on me than it would have if I had just dealt with it back then. Right. I've also learned that, um, middle-aged men kind of, of our, of our young strapping age of, you know, mid to late thirties, um, this is a a prime time for you to start developing anxiety, depression, uh, especially if you are the kind of person who has been pushing down your emotions and your, and your trauma for many, many years, your brain's ability to 
kind of keep those things at bay starts to fail at at this age. Um, so just just be on the on the lookout for kind of your friends and and all of that. But I will say we do got a long way to go um, when it comes to mental health in the military. But positive steps in the right direction. Yeah. Cool. Well, there you have it. Now, how does this relate to what we consider ourselves as experts to talk about video games? So Swift, just as a, as a jumping off point here, what do you think is gaming good for your overall mental health or a negative? Uh, for me personally, I think it's great. Yeah. It's, it's obviously very easy to make that a counter argument for certain people. But when I get home from a long day at work, I come up here and I play video games to, and like we talked about, decompress. So uh, for me, I think it's, it's great uh, because it allows me to do that specifically. Okay? Right. I just forget about the day. And not necessarily forget, not, not like I'm trying to forget about my day with right. me flying or whatever, but if there was a, you know, a stressful day at work, whatever. Come up here, game for an hour or two, and I think, I think it's great for me personally. Obviously, that can vary based on the person, right? Um, but yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree with you to a point. So for myself. I think gaming has always been an escape and that started early in my uh, childhood with kind of some stuff that was going on in my childhood with my um, biological mother. I think I always used video games because they were always kind of around um, to escape stuff that I didn't really understand but knew was not good. Um, And so I think I just built on that for years and years and years and years. And uh, I think I've used gaming as sort of a, I don't want to say reality escape, but definitely something that delays my having to think about things, trauma, right? That I don't want to think about. And that has just exacerbated itself over time. Um, So I have to be very careful with uh, how much time i spend avoiding certain thoughts using video games as the way to do that that kind of makes sense yeah yep so overall man like i'm not going to come out here and say i think video games are bad for me but i'm not definitely not going to say that it's all uh, sunshine and rainbows when it comes to gaming because it it definitely has a way of kind of making me avoid things that i don't want to deal with well and i'll i will um dude so you and i have talked about it was you know a few episodes ago and you saying that just brought this to memory but um we were talking about you know mistakes that we've made as far as gaming right right when when jen was getting her award and you were home gaming in the tournament and shannon brought up a point that weekend after she listened to the podcast um but she but there was there was a point for me where like Shannon was not in the Air Force, right? She right. she didn't do 
like she she's a successful business owner um but there was a point there in our in our very very early days of gaming or of <laughs> sorry of dating <laughs> of me gaming around her um where she made us this dinner um and it was like pan seared tuna salad mm. i mean it was so good and she literally came up to my uh, room upstairs in South Carolina and was like, all right, well, dinner's going to be ready in 30 minutes. And I don't know if you and I are playing. I doubt you and I are playing, but uh, I was playing with somebody, so to speak. Um, cod or whatever, whatever the flavor of the, the yeah. day was. Um, and I didn't go down for like an hour and a half. And she was like so mad at me and i was like yeah that's that's reasonable and i came down we ate dinner and we had a very uh distinct heart to heart about like okay gaming can be this this thing but at the same time like i need you to be present right right so i think that's that's kind of the line where you can't you kind of have to find it depending on your situation Right. Whatever yeah. happens to be. It it feels really bad when gaming uh compromises relationships that you care about, yeah. right? Of course. Uh, so in that sense it can definitely be a negative on your life and maybe a little bit on your uh mental health if it keeps causing you those type of issues. Yeah. Um so just be aware of that. Gaming has a way of sucking away hours without you really noticing, which is which is true of a lot of hobbies, right? Um but Gaming especially is designed to keep you playing. So be yep. very be very cognizant of that uh, or else you could fall into a, a dark space. Um, I, I think, so when I was at B Course, I was living alone. Jen was, uh, we were married on paper, um, but Jen was living in Alaska. She was stationed in, uh, uh, what is it called? Allison or? No, the other one. I can't remember. Anchorage? Anch- What's in Anchorage? What's the base? Uh, Elmendorf. That's Elmendorf. One. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was living by myself in in a four bedroom house for some reason because it was super cheap to rent out there. And I was gaming. If I wasn't flying or like at work, I was gaming, and like, or like doing a little bit of um, partying with the the bros a little bit. But like most of my free time was gaming, and just I had no, I was accountable to no one. Right? I was. I would. I, God, I must have just spent hours and hours and hours just gaming and not really thinking about what I could be doing or thinking yeah. about or issues I could have been addressing while that was happening. So be careful. That's, that's just kind of my, uh, my two cents, but overall it all, it, all that really matters is what gaming represents to you. If you're using it, um, as a, a coping mechanism or a way to decompress or a way to escape reality because you don't like reality that's fine you know yourself better than than anyone else but try not to be in denial if it's if it's uh not something that's healthy for you cool man overall i would not trade um, a, a ton of memories i've made with uh especially socially with friends on gaming um but all right, so there, one, there is a major deficit in when it comes to uh, mental health and kind of relationships 
and social interaction in gaming is that you don't have that kind of face to face, right? Like I'm playing with you bros. Um, but I, aside from like what you're telling me and what we're kind of BSing about, it tends to be very fun and cordial, right? And you, you very rarely get into like serious conversations when you're gaming with your homies, at least personally. So you really have no way of knowing how people are doing mentally, emotionally, unless you ask them or tell them or they tell you, right? So there's, there's countless, you know, uh, stories about people who were gaming with longtime raid guild members or, you know, duos, partners and stuff. And then the next day they just never show up and they find out that they committed suicide and they were like, oh, I should have been able to tell but you don't have a lot of those those like it's hard for me to know exactly how you're feeling because you could cover it up pretty easily just by talking to me right oh yeah um so kind of i don't know man what are your thoughts on like are you ever able to tell like if you're if you're playing with a homie and he's like not talking a lot on comms or just like kind of frustrated more than normal or Ever had any issue incidents like that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Right. Um, it's it, you know, unless you're looking somebody in the eye and you understand their body language or whatever it happens to be, it's it's difficult to tell. I mean, even face to face, it's difficult to tell sometimes. Right? right. We have we have dudes in the Air Force um, who commit suicide sadly all the time. Because they're dealing with stuff and their bros never realize it. And they're out at barbecues. They're being totally normal. Right. Um, so it's obviously it's very difficult to tell face to face, especially over just like you and I talking over comms. Yeah, for sure. Right. On online. So I think, you know, I think it's easy to say from you know, sitting here, but I think it's, it's super important. Just like you did when you started going through not being able to sleep and all the things like you were very transparent with me and the, the bros, uh, to start. Um, I think, I think it's important. Like, again, easy to say sitting here, right? Not necessarily struggling with anything. Um, but very important. Like, if you are struggling, then if you don't want to reach out to the hotline, like T said earlier, um, if you have a core group of friends, if you have a core group of gaming buddies, like, just, un- like, get that weight off of your chest and talk to the people that you trust, I think is the most important part. Um, because typically they're, I mean, they're not going to steer you wrong, right? Um, hopefully they'll be supportive. If they're not supportive, you need new friends. Um, but just get it, get it off your chest, own up to it. Again, like we talked about, it's, it's totally normal these days. Normalized, I guess it's probably been normal for a long time, but now it's normalized. Right to to seek help um so please get it off your chest if you need help to again join our discord reach out to either taze and i 
Taze is obviously going through some stuff that he uh, has been very open with. He has more experience with it than me. Um, but we're all here to to help you. Yeah, man, you you bring up some awesome points. So that weight, I will I'll tell you that. So I was I wasn't flying for a while before I talked to you guys about it. Um, mm-hmm. wasn't ne- wasn't necessarily like seeing as the psychiatrist yet, but I I had been pulled off the line because something was weird, right? And uh, so I kind of knew that something was going on. I wasn't going to be flying for a while, but I was sort of embarrassed to talk to you guys about it. And uh, so I was talking to Jen about it one day and she's like, you just need to open up to someone about it besides me. And I was like, yeah. And since moving here, we haven't made like a whole lot of IRL friends. And so she's like, well, who do you, you want to talk to about it? And I was like, I'm just going to tell the bros, the squad, and just let them know and, and be open about it so they know. I don't know. So if, if they see anything weird or hear me acting strange or whatever, they, they're in the know and uh, we can take care of it and they don't have to be worried. So I will totally piggyback on what Swift said. If, if you've got something going on, the worst thing you can do is hide it and cover it up and, and try to live with it. Eventually you won't be tough enough. I always thought that I would just, just power through, right? Just man up. Um, but I promise you that you can't um, forever. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit of like the overall media interpretation of kind of what vid- how video games are viewed. So I know this was really big back in the 90s with like Hillary Clinton and early 2000s with, you know, game violence and them trying to link it to mass shootings and all that. I don't know if you remember when the Columbine happened, they they said that they were playing Doom maybe or Duke Nukem. I can't remember what the game was, but yeah. And they were basically trying to say these games are causing these type of thoughts. Um, so what are your thoughts? Like, do you think video games cross a line in violence that, that maybe has it changed how you view violence based on the games that you've played? Cause we've all played games where we shoot people, right? Any, anything you've noticed about your, your personal values because of gaming? No, I don't, I don't think, uh, video. And I don't, again, I'm not, I don't want to speak for everybody. Right. right? Just, um, but just, in my mind, I don't think video games translate to a, real world like interaction right right if i if i play gta 5 and i hit <laughs> a hooker on the street i'm not going to just go randomly hitting people on the street in real life right uh first of all cuz i'm an introvert and i would never ever <laughs> approach i don't like talking to other people um confrontation is not your thing yeah um but no just like overall i i think that i think people are reaching when they say that video games cause violence and again it it i guess i should say with a caveat that that's for me right Right. yeah or or what i feel like a normal person is right right if if somebody is a sociopath then they play a video game and then they commit a crime. 
even then, I don't think it's the video game doing the beckoning for them. Right. I think it's just them. Right. It's ha- it's ha- it's their mind. Right. Uh, so I, I I struggle to to reach conclusions where there's like the identification of a video game connected to a personal, you know, interaction or whatever it is. Right. It's it's hard to make that link in my mind between a violent crime or, or a violent act and what you've seen in video games. I yeah. will say that vulnerable minds, right? People with truly mental illness may well, sure. may have you know, they may have issues going on in their mind that might be exacerbated by things they see for example in gaming, but that that's going to be exacerbated by everything in our modern culture, right? TV, music. I don't think you can say that gaming is a yeah, like you said crosses that line between what's what's real life and what's make believe essentially no uh yeah i 100 percent agree like there's there's no difference between chicks or dudes rapping about all kinds of random you know right violent acts versus gaming versus the movies that we watch that are highly entertaining but obviously sometimes violent right um so i i don't think that you can make the the stretch to say gaming caused this right and that's that's the hill i will die on yeah they tried to make that link uh in those times and really the only thing that resulted out of it was uh game ratings you know rated m for mature and all that yeah so what in the modern world with online purchases and everything what are, you, what are your thoughts about ratings these days? Like, do we even need this anymore? Like, nothing can stop a kid from downloading anything he wants on the internet. Well, dude, I don't know. I haven't seen LimeWire in a little while. And that's what <laughs> I grew up with. Right. That made it very easy to download anything I wanted. Um, Theoretically. Swift did, I, I, Swift did nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I never downloaded anything uh, wrong or whatever. Um, but I will say like yeah are you kidding me let's (laughs) if if i could bring you know my six-year-old nephew to the movie to a rated m thing right and just let him walk through the thing like dude the the guy checking tickets is 16 years old he doesn't care (laughs) yeah right there's like give me a break we're not putting any barriers on what people or children oh, hold can it. see that's not true days. dude you've all seen the websites that make you say are you 18 i don't know what I, web i don't know what websites you're talking about yeah, but no, no no i've never seen any of those <laughs> those are very uh, effective at keeping under 18 children out of uh yeah those bet. websites <laughs> but it's i'm like, saying when, like when you're on steam and it goes What's your birthday so you can watch this rated M game? I'm like, are you kidding me? This is why, did, why even have it? <laughs> yeah. And it gives you the option to push your birthday as 19 or 1929. <laughs> You're like, uh, what, what are we doing here? Uh, it's so silly. I, I wish they would just get rid of it, but yeah, yeah. We are, it is what it is. At, at least it gives yeah. parents like 
a general idea if they're buying it for them, but I got news for you. If that's what you're using as a parent to uh, make sure your kid's not seeing the right things, you're, you're behind the, the power curve. Yeah. No shot. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to have a general conversation about that because I've always just been mind boggled by older generations trying to make that connection. But their parents did it to them with rock and roll. Rock and roll was made by the devil. That's right, uh, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. It's like foosball. Yeah. (laughs) Ricky Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What was his name? Bobby Boucher, not Ricky Bobby. Bobby Boucher. Yeah. There you go. Cool, man. All right, let's get into another uh, topic when it comes to mental health and, and gaming. So the streaming culture has changed the landscape when it comes to how we play games, how we view people that play games, what kind of interactions we have, and kind of the social scenery that is video gaming. So it's huge, right? Yeah. So... That comes with a whole slew of mental health, I won't say problems, but issues to talk about. So there's, there's been multiple prolific uh, suicides in the streaming world. Um, one to bring up is the streamer Wreckful. So he streamed for a long time, like, was like one of the early big streamers, and uh, he ended up taking his life. Uh, a while back and if you go back and watch the last stream that he had before uh we won't play it on here but before the incident happened he's he's kind of signing off and he's like talking to his chat and he's like all right i'll see you guys tomorrow or and then he kind of pauses and he's like if you guys are suffering or like lonely um, look for someone to talk to in the chat or whatever. And he, he's kind of playing around something that you you can't really get a feel for. But, you know, you can always armchair quarterback. But he was trying to sign off, but, like, couldn't bring himself to do it. And he's kind of getting emotional. So, yeah. Have you watched that? I have not. No. I, um, I saw it on Twitter uh, when it happened. I... Yeah, I can't bring myself to watch something like that. I don't yeah. know. It's pretty rough. It's, just, it's it's brutal. Like I'm like for anybody that's not watching, I'm like and I'm kind of a very emotional person. Um, yeah. which I really haven't said, but like that I'm like tearing up. It makes it, it makes me feel horrible inside. Yeah, it's uh I was kind of doing some research for this and I had to kind of stop watching it, but yeah. Um, yeah. So in the, in the streaming space, those guys spend guys and gals spend, you know, hours and hours in front of these screens with these huge numbers of people talking to them. And everyone's in our generation, right? It's like playing video games for a living. That sounds amazing. Right. But it comes with a whole set of issues where you, you don't be you can't make connections with people for real because you're showing a certain thing on screen and just all kinds of stuff i Um, mean even even in your personal life when you you know you're on screen for whatever and then you go out to a bar with friend like like you said our irl friends 
you know, like, can you imagine, like, the amount of people that must, whether they watch your screen or not, right? Right. They probably know who you are. Oh, yeah. Stuff of your friend, of a friend, or whatever happens to be. So I, I can't imagine, and, you know, I say this all while saying, uh, like and subscribe to, <laughs> to our stream or my stream and Taze's stream. Um, but I, I, I can't imagine going out and having a, a real connection to anybody. Right. Because everyone just sees you as that, that thing. And it's kind of like being, you know, a f- famous rapper. Because it, let's be honest, they're all celebrities, right? Right. Especially in this day and age. They're they're all celebrities. Uh, so when you go out as a famous streamer, it's the same as going out as a famous actress or an actor. Oh, yeah. So like, it, I can't imagine the strain it puts on just your everyday life and building relationships and all. I mean, it, it's got to be brutal. Yeah, I was watching this... Uh... <laughs> It wasn't necessarily a stream, but a YouTube video, I think, and uh, Ninja and Tim the Tatman tried to go to Disney World and go to yeah. Epcot and have some drinks around the world. And they were just constantly swarmed with people, right? Young, young kids. Oh, yeah. I'm and sure. And uh, they know you as a certain thing that you portray. Right. This personality online. So, that, so now you have to be that all the time when you're in real life because you got all your fans, right? So it's just got to be just draining in so many ways that we can't understand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, depression is actually pretty rampant in, uh, in the professional streaming space. Three for sure that I know of rectal, obviously we already talked about, uh, gold has talked about depression, especially, um, after his mom passed. And, uh, do you remember watching those videos? Like how he was just, Yeah. Yeah, and he would he's actually very good. Um sorry, I won't drag on the conversation too long, but he he is one of the better ones in my mind. And again, I I haven't been following streamers um or watching streamers for a very long time. But I think Asmund Gold is one of the better ones as far as just getting the info out of it out there. Yeah. And being straight up and honest and like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm taking time off. I'm doing this, whatever, because this is what happened. Um, so I think good on him uh, for not, you know, kind of bottling it up. Yeah, he, uh, he does a good job of, at least from what we see, right? Um, yeah. Of being transparent with what's affecting him and how streaming is, is rough on him. And I think that's becoming a little bit more and more common with these guys because they're a little bit more open and honest after a couple of these like major um pub- public uh things but yeah i know pokimane has like taken huge breaks and and uh received like therapy and stuff like that so yeah it's got to be rough and it's got it's rough in a way that like i know they're constantly feeling like this right like are my fans going to be like, if I open up and be like, I've, I'm suffering with depression or anxiety, 
are my fans going to be like, um, we pay you millions of dollars to play video games on a TV. And, and to just not talk about it. Right. right. Is the biggest thing. Right. So it's got to be a lot of weight uh, and pressure. Yeah. Um, but it's a general microcosm of, of society, right? So depression is everywhere. And um, I, I was, I, I'm dealing with this. Um, and I think we're, we're kind of starting to make some uh, headway. But I'll say that when you're depressed, clinically, you don't really know if you haven't experienced it before. You don't really know that you're depressed. You just feel, at least for me, like just heavy and everything is hard. Like even stuff that you love to do, like video games for me, this was one of my first indicators that something was really, really wrong is I would get done with a a day at work and and playing with the kids and finally get them down to bed. And uh, I would tell Jen like, Hey, I want to go game because that's what I do, right? To decompress. And I'd yeah. sit down in front of the computer and I'd be like, oh, I'm just seems like so much work and I'm not going to have fun. And, and I was kind of like just exhausted to do everything, even if it was something I know I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, my wife kind of described it. She's like, when I feel sad, I feel like everything is heavy, right? My hair feels heavy. My, the weight of my shoulders and arms. And I was talking to her and I was like, yeah, I think I felt like that for years without really knowing. For a very long time. Right. And I would, I would cover it up by, you know, hanging out and and partying and whatever. Um, but you would see it really bad when I, when I drank a lot. Um, and, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but yeah, so depression is everywhere, man. Um, and it's, it's hard to feel for someone unless you've been in that, in those shoes. Um, oh, for sure. I, I don't know. Have you ever, we haven't talked about this with you and I, but have you ever like been in, had something happen that you felt like you were depressed for a long period of time or anything? Uh, the only thing I think can think of is, you know, in college, maybe or high school, um, Breaking up with a right a chick chick that I thought was you know going to be the one. Um, other yeah. than that, I will say I'm. I mean, I'm extremely blessed. Right. I mean, most uh, of us, I think, have experienced like relationship breakups. Yeah. And and that's what depression, that feeling that you're talking about. Right. We we act like it's this thing that only certain people get, but everyone has been depressed. It's just the, the length of time. Right. It's, a, it's this big secret that we don't talk about with each other. Yeah. Even though we all have experienced it. It's like, so if I told you that I've been feeling like that for years, that same feeling you had when you, when you had a, a relationship crash, you'd be like, oh my God, how have you dealt with that for yeah. so long? Right. But we, nobody talks about it with each other because it, it feels weak or whatever. Right. So that being said, if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling like something's wrong, if it's hard to get out of bed, if it's feels like everything's a chore, you don't find joy in the things that you know make at one point made you happy, reach out to someone because you're most probably depressed. 
Um, but keep in mind, we're not, we're not doctors. I'm going through this stuff myself. I'm just trying to speak. We're just trying to speak from our own personal experiences so that you can just to bring awareness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obviously not clinically uh, proven, just, just trying to speak about our experiences and how, how we deal with it, obviously. All right. Uh, cool. Well, not cool, but moving on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about attention deficit and uh, gaming. So I read a study by Harvard Medical. They were trying to determine what our modern attention span is um, without like doing something else. And so they did this test on, you know, how, you know, how tests roll, but they were trying to determine how long someone would wait before they had to either do something else or try to make whatever was happening, like change. Yeah. They they basically, uh, gave them computer screens that would, they'd have buttons to click and stuff. And, um, they determined that our our attention span in modern times is seven seconds. We are unable to concentrate on a thing for longer than about seven seconds on average. Does this make any really? sense to you? Like when you're, when you're thinking about your phone and like all the videos we watch and stuff like, I mean, it does to me. Yeah. And so I'll be honest, I have ADHD. Yeah. Um, I am, was unable to take meds because I, I was going for a pilot slot in right. school. And uh, so, I mean, it, do, it does make sense in my mind. Uh, hopefully, every, I feel like not everybody has ADHD to the extent that I do. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm very much a, like, if some, like, I have to have something else happening behind me. To, oh, like, really? Dude, when I, when I was... Uh, when I was going through ballet training, I put, and all I had at the time was a bed, a desk, a computer, and 10 seasons of Friends on DVD. <laughs> what else do you need? And I would watch, like, I would put Friends on just so there was, and I'm, it helps that I'm very familiar with friend, Friends. Right. right? Um, if it's something new, then that's right out. But uh, gotcha. I've watched Friends enough to know like what scene they're in, what they're doing, blah blah. blah just based on the commentary that I hear. Um, so I would literally, when I was studying like the dash one of the T six, I had Friends on. That's crazy. Always. Yeah. So like my mind has to be doing multiple things. Right. Uh, and if there's just silence, like I, I literally can't concentrate on anything. That uh, makes sense. So, yeah, it's it's very very weird, and I, uh, I like never had meds for it or anything, but it it's worked to this point. Yeah. Well, thanks for opening up. It's Lambency. Thanks for yeah. the raid, dude. We're uh. We're currently talking about mental health and gaming because it's Mental Health Awareness Month and week. And uh, yeah. Swift was just talking a little bit about um, ADHD and we were talking about a, a study that came out that said uh, that our average attention span is about seven seconds. That music thing that you just brought up, Swift, makes a lot of sense now based on uh, 
Oh yeah. Your emote of choice in Fortnite. Dude, literally any anybody that knows me knows whether it's the like I mean, you know me. Yeah. The rocking. Yeah. Right? I even if I'm not rocking my toe like my legs Tapping are going. Leg. If my legs can't go, my toes go. <laughs> like something is always happening that I have to I have to keep yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's weird, but so yeah, man, we, we live in a world and, and I know, uh, you know, those, those diagnoses are range a whole bunch, but, um, we live in a world that kind of lends to this sort of, uh, illness, right? So I'm just thinking about looking at my phone, like, what do you typically do? Like you'll pop in here and you'll, you'll look at Facebook and you'll scroll through like <laughs> I, my attention is changing by the second when I scroll, right? Same goes yep. with Instagram, Twitter. Like we are taught and live fully surrounded in a world where I'm just surrounded by information. I'm just looking at this web page and there's, there's words everywhere and there's music and there's videos and there's, it's insane. Yeah. And so it's no wonder that we can't, um, you know, concentrate longer than seven seconds. You're listening to the One More Game Podcast. They keep nagging, we keep playing. Now, back to your hosts, The Stroke and Swift Mita. Yeah. Uh, dude, sorry. Again, I'm not trying to drag this on for whatever oh, reason. Oh, no worries. We'll keep talking. Um, so I was tell. I think I told you, I have, we have... The, our personal trainer strength and conditioning coaches on on base for the pilots and he was he was telling me the other day as we were working out he was like dude i don't know what it was but i i would wake up and i had no real goal for the day right and mm. that's not to say like you need a goal for every day right but He's like, I had no real goal for anything I was doing necessarily. And I mean, this dude is, he's fit, right? Yeah. (laughs) This guy is a strength and conditioning coach on an Air Force base. (laughs) Right. Um, So I'm like, well, I think you're probably underestimating that. But he's like, dude, I would, I would wake up and I would, um, I would do something and then I would. I would have my protein shake and I'd be, and he literally, he, as I'm working out, as I'm dying, he's just walking around telling me this. And I'm like, thanks dude. Nice. Um, but he's like, dude, yeah. And then I have my protein shake and I'm glued to my socials. And then I would cook breakfast and I'm glued to my socials and I would, you know, hang out in the morning prior to leaving for work and I'm glued to my socials. Right. And, and he was like, and so instead of that, and he talked to somebody else who did a huge, like a big meditation in the morning. And so for the past week, this guy, Bogo, Emeka, uh, Bogo is his call sign. Emeka is his actual name. Um, he was like, dude, for the past week, all I've been doing is I've been waking up. I give myself five minutes and I just kind of walk around, warm up for the day whatever. After that five minutes, I sit out in the backyard or the front yard, whatever it happens to be, and I just listen. 
I'm not meditating. I'm not doing anything, but I'm listening to birds and, you know, water. Right. And there's there's no brain processes going on. Right. During that. He's just like, all I do is sit there and, and close my eyes and listen. And then after that, I'll cook my breakfast and then I'll meditate for 15 minutes or whatever it happens to be, you know, like literally turn your brain off and meditate. And right. I think that is it's it's super important for people if like if you've never meditated, you've never like truly shut your brain off. I think it can help a ton. And the fact that he told me this the other day, I got up uh, the past couple days. Shane and I, uh, I've been flying early, but I wasn't flying on Wednesday. So I still woke up at six because that's just where my body clock is at. Yeah. So I wake up at six and I, I was like, I pulled my phone out and I was like, you know what? No, I'm and I made it like a, I'm not obviously not a brag or anything like that, but I made a conscious decision to put my phone down, leave it in the room. And I took my book that I have been reading and I just walked out of the living room and I didn't meditate or anything like that, but I just read for an yeah. hour prior to even looking at my phone. And it was it was. A wonderful morning. Nice. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> Jen whooped my ass to this nah, late morning. She made me do yeah. two two circuit workouts in a row because we missed two days in a row. Yeah. And and when we get done, we're in the backyard on our mats and the kids are playing in the with water balloons and stuff. And uh I've been talking about meditation a lot in therapy. Yeah. And um I was like, Hey, Jen, should we do you have a meditation app on your phone? She's like, No, but I'll look I'll find one. And I was like, Let's try to see if we can get the kids to meditate with us and start learning how to like calm the mind and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, spoiler alert, it didn't work out. The kids, the kids are yeah. too crazy. Of course but, not. but Jen and I had a, at least a few seconds of just kind of listening to the wind and the birds and the kids play. And, uh, yeah. I think you're right, man. We, we spend so much time absorbing info and videos and pictures and all of it that we never just stop thinking for a little bit. Yeah. And dude, I'll, I'll be honest. The, the craziest thing for me is SOS. Right. Yeah. SOS, if you don't know what SOS is, Squadron Officer School. Is that what it stands for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Air Force. It's where you go and try to like learn how to be a leader. Right. And for most people, people have already been leaders for. For us fighter pilots, it's. It's something we kind of scoff, right? We don't care because we're not for for a fighter pilot. Typically, you're not actually in charge of people until you're either a flight commander. Or you're old enough to be a squadron commander or something else, right? A D.O director of operations um so for us fighter pilots we kind of just scoff at the fact that sos is a thing right right yeah let's go well yeah cool we'll 
we'll do the thing. We'll get drunk every day. No one cares. We'll <laughs> go party every night. Uh, again, it's kind of a joke. Um, but when I was at Squadron Officer School, um, I'll be honest, that's the first place that I heard of, like, no kidding, meditating. Right. Right. And we had a we had a guest speaker show up and and they were <laughs> it, it was so crazy to me because they they showed up and they're like, OK, I want everybody in this. And it's a massive auditorium. We have like fifteen hundred people in this auditorium. Right. So it's never quiet. Right. Until he this guy says this. Hey, I want everybody to to close your eyes. And then just try to not think of anything for 10 seconds. Yeah. And if you do that, you realize how difficult that is, right? Because of all the stressors in your life that are just poking at your brain. But when you just close your eyes and you try not to think about anything, right? It you realize how much is going on in your brain. And if you can get to a place where you can do that, for, you know, 10 seconds to start, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute even. Like, that's, it's super important for your health, for your mental health. Right. To just shut everything out and just focus on nothing. And you, I'm telling you, I've never done it before, but you will be surprised if you can do that for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, whatever happens to be, like how important it is to just like, reset and it's it's amazing that's so funny we didn't talk about this before but i had the same exact experience at sos i I remember thinking we're sitting in the big auditorium right and they're like we're gonna meditate today and i'm like oh my god God. why i'm gonna go to sleep yeah but i just let myself kind of listen to what he was saying and uh dude it was kind of mind-boggling how effective it was at making me just kind of chill yeah uh, and like i said it's it's very difficult yeah. if, you, if you can literally turn your brain off and not think about anything like literally focus so what he told us is focus on your breathing right don't think about anything outside of that right if you can do that for 10 seconds Winner. congrats you did it like yeah that's insane because I could not go more than two or three seconds without thinking about all the other things in my life. Um, so, again, highly recommend. To, if you got things going on, just take some time for your mental health. Take a pause. Wake up in the morning. Drink your coffee. And think about nothing. Yeah, dude. I totally agree. And this is one thing Jen and I have talked about kind of incorporating into our lives more so there's a bunch of apps out there that can help you with it i know it might be counterintuitive right we're telling you to stop thinking and stop being glued to your phone but (laughs) go get an app but (laughs) there's some out there also also (laughs) we're talking about video games ish uh oh oh oh, i I did have a point about that so there are some video games that i kind of put in like the meditation style realm based on the music and the, and the theming and stuff. Uh, there's this really cool game. It's going to take me a while to remember what it's called, but with the music and the gameplay loop and everything, and it's very peaceful and calming. 
and you're kind of you are thinking, but you're thinking about one very specific, deliberate thing. Uh, I I kind of like to play it when I I want to, you know, chill, kind of like I would if I was meditating. But yeah, yeah, dude, cool. So there you have it. Our solution to no, just kidding. Um, but try to get yourself a, a little meditation session every day and see, you know, kind of what the benefits are. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Black Day 2004, thank you for the follow, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you got friends who might be interested, let them know. All right. We got to talk about something else that's pretty big in the gaming scene these days. And it's, it's a term we talked about before, but parasocial relationships. Um, it's easy to feel like we know people in a certain way, but that relationship is is one directional, right? It's not returned. It's very right. it's very uh, evident with streamers, right? So if you watch a streamer enough, you kind of start to feel like you have a relationship with that person. At least that's what it's kind of intended to do with getting chat engagement. I'm not saying with the huge streamers, right? They're never going to see your your message. But like streamers who have like a consistent crew that watches them and talks with them and they engage back and forth. Um, there's this thing called parasocial relationships where you may think you're building a relationship that's not necessarily real. And that could also happen with other people that you game with, right? Like if you have a consistent rating crew in WoW or all that kind of stuff, you may start to think that you're developing a relationship with someone that's completely not a thing does that kind of make sense yeah um so i know a lot of especially uh unfortunately female streamers get a lot of issues with people not being able to make the distinction between you know someone you're watching on screen for entertainment and someone you can now try to find or you know worst case like stock in real life um but it's just a topic to kind of bring up, dude. Like, do you think this is moving in a healthy direction or? No. No. I don't. Um, and I know, like, uh, you mentioned Pokemon earlier. I, I think I could be off, but I know for a fact that she had stalkers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she still um, has that kind of stuff going on. And so I think I think that probably contributes to like you know obviously mental health. Like if you can't relax in your own home, right? Because you're a famous streamer, then that's not good, right? So I there's there's no real way to solve this because some people are just crazy right um but if you're listening and you're thinking about stalking somebody just be a good person and don't and don't do that yeah and and it's there's a there is a serious like underlying problem because there are people out there who you know maybe they don't have any friends maybe they are you know reaching for some sort of connection right people with depression and loneliness and now they've got this platform that they can come and hang out with someone and and get them to respond to them on chat and all that kind of stuff 
Um, and now they yeah, don't absolutely they don't have the social skills to understand what that, that that's just that's just, just not a cordial thing right all of a sudden pokemon loves me right and, and yeah I, I understand that right yeah. and that's rough um which is why i don't think this is going to get fixed in the near future slash right. ever because uh people are just going to continue to like yeah i don't know i don't I don't know where this goes because if I was, you know, lonely or whatever, I'm, I'm not saying I am, you know, immune to it right. necessarily. Right. You don't have to be a crazy person or have whatever, like whatever disease you could think about to, right. to be this person. Right. You just kind of have to be like, oh, I'm kind of down on my luck, lonely. Uh, oh, she responded to me. She, I think she might love me. Yeah. And obviously that's a, a crazy, not crazy, but just weird place to get to. Right. And uh, and it's streaming is meant to be like that. Right. Like they'll say, oh, welcome back to chat. I love you. I like. Yeah, oh, I'm exactly. so happy you're here. And, and someone who is really in need of something like that and who doesn't have the ability to separate that stuff, that's where right. you get into those issues. And this has always been a thing, right, with celebrities and stuff. But I think streaming takes it to a whole nother level because there's that one-on-one possible interaction where they're doing it for a certain reason, you know, because that's how you stream and make a good audience and stuff. But you're well, plus it's so easy for everybody else, right? Right. All you have to do is have a computer or an Xbox or whatever, download yeah. Twitch, and wow, there you go. There you go, streamer. You hit the follow button, you hit the subscribe button, and someone that says thank you, and then you know you're off the races. Yeah. So I I do hope that kind of like as streaming gets more and more prolific that somebody kind of helps educate streamers who get big, like how to maintain safe and healthy, like audiences without kind of just, just be aware of those kind of pitfalls, but we'll see where it gets from here. Probably not going to get better. I can tell you that. (laughs) No. Cool, man. Any other like big, uh, things you can think about when it comes to like streaming and, and mental health. Um, I don't, I mean, not off the top of my nugget. Cool. A lot of these issues are covered. I I wanted to give this kind of out to the listeners. There's a really cool YouTube channel slash, uh, streamer. I think his name is Dr. Khan, but he's a licensed psychiatrist, but he runs a, uh, a channel called Healthy Gamer GG. And he interviews, he basically has a session with big streamers, medium to big streamers. Like he's been on with Asmongold. Uh, he had a, had a episode, I think, with Recful, like about depression. Um, he's been on with Pokimane, all kinds of stuff, right? And he just, obviously there's an audience watching and, you know, you're not going to, he, he keeps it very non too non-personal he lets the streamer decide how personal or not personal they want to get 
but he kind of helps them through their issues, right? He's, he's helped, not necessarily helped, but at least had a session with a lot of streamers about ADHD, um, depression, anxiety, kind of loneliness with streaming or like just streaming pitfalls. Right. And he's really, there's some, he covers some really cool stuff. If you're into kind of psychology and all that, like I would highly recommend checking at least one episode out. Uh, have you seen this dude before? No, I haven't, but I'm, I will. Yeah. He talks about, it's very cool. He talks about all these things that we've been talking about. So it's, it's pretty cool. I, I found him when I was, first kind of getting into this stuff about myself but yeah check him out yeah he did not pay me to say this i don't know him but (laughs) (laughs) cool dude what are your thoughts about gaming as a coping mechanism for for traumatic events you think you think that this would be something that you would do if like something really bad happened would you kind of lose yourself in gaming or God, God forbid, but I don't know, honestly. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've been I've been very blessed in my life. Uh, thank God. Um, so I don't really know where I would go. I I feel like I probably would fall back to gaming. Obviously, um, things have changed a lot for you, like being married and stuff you have shannon and all that but yeah no yeah and and it uh, you know not necessarily just with her but with family um i feel like there's a there's a lot of things that i could feel and i'm assuming that i would feel them very harshly yeah and and internally uh, if the worst would happen to, you know, any of my family members. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I would, uh, take, you know, a few days and just feel it. Um, yeah. but, but then maybe fall back on, I need a safe space. And so play video games. Yeah. I used to think that I would do this. I used to think, you know, if I lost everything, I would just game all day. Uh, But what I kind of learned about myself when I was really into the depression and anxiety was gaming felt joyless. And dude, I'll be honest, it might, it might, when I'm thinking about the question, it totally could. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it's also important to realize like coping mechanisms are good to a point, right? It's when you are, when, when you're unable to like stop needing that thing to feel a certain way, or if you're using it to consistently um, shield you or keep you from dealing with the true issues, that's when those type of things are unhealthy. But, and I, I'll right. agree. I've done this for probably way too long. Um, it's, I think that I've, in my counseling or therapy sessions, it's called uh, safety behaviors. Things that you do to put you in a safe space and not, not have to deal with mentally, deal with the stuff that's um, causing you trauma. Yeah. 
Um, so safety behaviors are dangerous because you will always want to revert back to that thing that makes you feel safe and better. Which, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Right. If it's something you do every day, then surprise, you're going to go back to it and probably suppress whatever feelings you're feeling. Right. So. And and then gaming is a really easy way to do that, right? Because you can live any life. You can be a hero. You can be evil. You can you can do whatever you want to do in the gaming space. So it's easy yeah. to it's easy to separate yourself from the reality of harsh times that you're dealing with. Yeah, man. I just want to. I th- I was curious to see what your thoughts on that would be, but um, I I've never really considered it i i did kind of think that that would be my go-to but i'll tell you that when i was at my lowest during this stuff even gaming wasn't the thing like i just wanted to kind of do nothing and brood um but and and i'll i'll be honest it doesn't me saying that maybe i would fall back on that it doesn't surprise me you know you saying that yeah because I could easily find myself like, I mean, last week, what I was busy and tired and I played like two hours of video games all week. Yeah. So I could easily see, you know, stress of of to that extent being like, like, yeah, maybe I'll go turn my computer on and I'll just like stare at the screen for a while. Right. You know, like probably won't actually play any video games because I just don't have the motivation. Right. Yeah, that's so. that's what depression is, at least in, in my understanding. It's like, I have no motivation for even the simplest of enjoyable things. Yeah. Cool. Alright, let's get into this topic because I think it's interesting because I have a kid. Um, what are your thoughts on video games and child development big big conversation right but in uh in your synopsis what do you think are they good for kids slash teens are they bad yeah i'm just waiting for my uh nephew to join pace clan we'll be set <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no dude I, honestly i i don't know um I know you you guys have the the two kiddos shannon and i uh we can get into our uh yeah. trial of tribulations in a, in a later episode um but I, I i don't know i think i think it's i guess developing kids i played a lot of video games when i was young right and i think and i think that is what made me good with my left hand right hand Right, yeah. right. Being a fighter pilot, like doing the things, being athletic, right? When things right, right, don't right. necessarily go to plan. Um, so I don't know if it necessarily is a bad thing or a good thing. I, I uh, obviously have my, my sister and her three kids. <laughs> uh, and I know she tries to limit their screen time. Right. Despite 
Bentley, our our oldest nephew, loving Super Mario Odyssey. Um, so I feel like there's a certain extent to where it's like healthy and when it's not. But um, overall, I don't. And again, not a father. Right. Disclaimer. Right. Yeah. yeah. I th- I think it's it's fine for kids to get to experience video games and find what they love and then maybe they get good and and <laughs> not necessarily join a you know a team or whatever but maybe you get to enjoy that time like you and Liam you know right. when you're you're playing video games together like it that, it's not necessarily for him or against him right it's right. not detrimenting his growth as a human but it's it's cool for you guys to sit down and and play video games together yeah totally agree i mean the general consensus right is that it's bad for kids right the even the term term screen time has a negative connotation when you're talking about kids um it's a it's a i don't know i don't have the perfect answer but it's a fine line to walk because they're going to grow up in a world where they have to be proficient at these things. Right. Um, right. So you can't, you can't keep it away from them a hundred percent. That's not healthy. Um, but you don't want to be that parent who just has them glued to it all day long. Right. So right. our kind of consensus in our household and it, it, it develops as we move on and they get older and, um, but screen time is great and can teach you a lot of things and help you learn words and stuff. As long as it's one moderated and two, you are participating with them while they do it. Right. Like it's one thing to let your kid play a video game and you're playing with him and te- and he's learning, you're learning, you're having fun together. It's another thing to have your five-year-old gaming all day long as a way well, of- I- as a way of not like having to deal with him, right? Like, okay, go play your switch and I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm house. busy. Go, go play your video game. Right. And I, I would also say it's, it's also a balance of, again, not a father. So you can uh, <laughs> check me at the curb. Right. But, um, newsflash, you don't, you don't change that much when you suddenly become a dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still you. Yeah, I would say it's also a balance of like, is okay. Are we watching Real Housewives of New York, or are we learning things while we're in front of the screen? Right, and it doesn't have to be necessarily video games, but like some video games are are good, and they'll teach you how to do things. Right, like our kids have learned to read. Yeah. At the ages of four and two and a half by doing the interactive, like that stuff is so good at teaching them certain things that you would never be able to do manually. Right. It would be so hard. Right. So I think that's also in the balance, right? Are we, are we being effective with our time? If we're not being effective with our time in front of a screen, then maybe we can do something else. Right. I think where you could definitely run into a problem is where you let your kid, like you were talking about, participate in mindless things, like letting them watch YouTube and the YouTube videos just roll one to the next, to the next, to the oh, next. Oh, yeah. It is so not what you want. Like, 
No. But it's so easy. Right, right? it is. And they love it. You can you just set, up, set them on the yeah. couch with a phone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, very easy. It's so weird. But at the same time, like, not, not, you're not contributing time. Right. You know, yeah, to, the, it, to the kid. It's not, it's not a healthy parenting technique, not, not right. to critique anyone, but my, my suggestion would be to participate with them when they have yeah. screen time, like do things with them, see how their mind works. It's really interesting to see a young kid look at an iPad and it has, you know, apples and letters and colors and they're just see what they come up with because they will say some wacky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And they'll be trying to put the apple on the horse and the horse is, the apple's riding the horse and then he eats the letter E. They say all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Liam would not be very good at unpacking. No, 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 no. <laughs> there, there is a pretty cool article on the Wall Street Journal that I'll throw here in the chat and I'll put it on the uh, YouTube description. But it's, a, it's an article that kind of uh, was a study about video games and and kids development keep in mind this is like older kids and teenagers but you know they basically came out to the conclusion that video games might actually help cognitive uh, development with teenagers as long as it's in moderation right and that's basically true of all things in life Um, so what they kind of discovered was that in moderation teenagers and young adults would excel in a lot of like you were talking about, like hand-eye coordination type stuff, uh, cognitive tests and real quick thinking type things um, if they played video games in moderation. Um, and then they found those, those things drastically decreased when those, those young adults and kids became, you know, essentially obsessed. They took it to an extreme. Uh, they mm-hmm. perform. They performed actually worse than some of those cognitive tests uh, if they were constantly uh, doing that. So it's kind of interesting read, but check it out if you get the time. Yeah. Cool, dude. Well, that's that for uh, developing kids in video games. Lastly, we'll talk a little bit about um, PTSD in gaming. So this is kind of where where I find myself. Um, issues I'm kind of trying to deal with these days so this is all my personal experience Uh, try not to get too long-winded with it because we're already uh, got a long episode but these are serious topics so we don't want to cut you guys short Um, so if you don't know I'm currently not flying Uh, I've been disqualified to fly with the Air Force ever again uh, based on PTSD and anxiety uh, type stuff um, what we've kind of scratched the surface of over the last few months of um, therapy is I've essentially numbed a lot of my emotions my whole life based on childhood and whatnot. And that, and th- that was for survival, right? Like being unemotional and having non-emotional reactions to things helps you survive, like the fight or flight thing. When you encounter a, a dangerous event, right, your brain essentially shuts off your, your, the part of your brain that makes decisions and, and feels certain emotions. Um, and so I was doing that to survive for so long that it became like ingrained in me. 
And so certain events that happened to me, uh, whether that be as a child or um, in my military career, I just didn't have emotional reactions to them that I consciously had, right? Um, And so those things started coming out in weird times when I was learning how to relearning how to fly the T-38 here at Shepard Air Force Base. Um, And I was getting major anxiety like attacks while I was flying and I was trying to cover them up and hide them um, so that I could get through the training and, and start teaching kids. But it got so bad to the point that I was doing dangerous things while flying. And so two of them happened right in a row. And I, I went to my flight commander and I said, something's wrong. Um, I need to, to stop flying for a little bit. And that kind of snowballed into uh, going to talk to mental health on the Air Force Base. And uh, eventually it got to a point where I needed to get um, admitted to a um, basically out, outpatient therapy program that I'm currently in right now, where we try to kind of figure out what's going on with me. And it's all through group therapy sessions. Um, and it's kind of mostly taught me a lot about how I deal with uh, emotions, especially, but also trauma memories. Um, so things I'll say about um, gaming and and what I'm currently been going through. I already alluded to it, but at my at my most difficult time, um, gaming lost with a depression. Gaming lost the joy that it once provided me, um, and that was one of my big indicators that something was truly wrong. And I, I kept telling Jen, like, I I want to do things, but I'm it just feels like work, even when they're fun things, right? Like I used, I went, I've been going through uh, schooling, right, as well for uh, 3D animation. And I, I used to draw like pretty much every day to kind of improve. And I went through months and months and months and months of no drawing. And Jen was like, why don't you draw anymore? And I was like, it just seems like a lot of work. Um, and so I just started kind of noticing things that weren't quite right. And I'm, I had a good support system around me to tell me, like, hey, we got to figure out what's going on. But I was very, very scared to tell anyone at work, right? Not just for the career implications and all that, but it, I was embarrassed. Um, I'm surrounded by all these uh, fighter pilots, right? Former, you know, Eurofighter pilots and... Uh, F-16, F-15, F-22 guys, and here I am. I was already an instructor in the F-16 and been deployed, and I'm coming to the T-38, and suddenly I'm having all these issues um, with something that I've always just felt like I was naturally good at, and it was the actual flying, right? And it was because I was constantly thinking about things um, without wanting to. That's kind of what PTSD is. It's uh, at least from my experience, it's events that happen to you that you either don't understand when they're happening or you block out based on that survival uh, stuff. And then later on, when, you're, when your mind can no longer 
fight that stuff off, it starts coming out in little subtle ways initially. And then eventually, um, if you don't get a hold of it, it'll, it'll just take over and, and give you panic attacks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, luckily, I'm not to the point where like, you know, uh, if you've ever been to a, a fireworks event and there's someone like scared because they've had events with explosions and, and bombing and all that, it's not to that type of level, um, but it's a much more, it affects me a lot when I'm sleeping or trying to sleep, nightmares and uh, just kind of replaying those memories. But I'll tell you that I've learned from these past few months of trying to figure out this stuff is that you can't do it. You can't, you can't man up. Like I know that's what you've been taught and you got to deal with this stuff and it sucks. Um, I don't like to talk about emotions and, and bad events. I've always blocked that stuff out and just moved on, but you can't like, you will not, survive it i i not that suicide is something that i would ever um contemplate but i i truly now understand that that path that i was walking down or just kind of autopiloting down i understand why some people would get off on the path to that end um and so that's a scary realization that when you think about when you, I don't know how to say this, but when suicide becomes something that you cognitively understand is an option, it's a, it's a sobering and scary feeling. So that's when I needed to find help. Not that I was thinking in that way, but um, it, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but the path thing is the best way that I can think about it. Uh, yeah. So, I'll, uh, I'll take a break for a minute and, and see if you got any, uh, anything to say, but Swift was there with me, uh, during my last deployment. Um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy on that one, but, uh, some of the other guys dealt with some really crazy stuff, but, uh, yeah, PTSD is... And, and keep in mind, this isn't, a lot of people think that this is a military specific thing, but anyone who has experienced trauma can have PTSD, car crash, rape, um, just, just a traumatic event in your life that you maybe try to ignore or hide from. Uh, and it's a very insidious and um, powerful um, injury to the mind that you need to take care of and that you need help to take care of. Because you can't do this by yourself. That's kind of where I'll break at. Yeah. Um, dude, uh, like, obviously it's um, sobering and nice to hear you bring it up because, again, like we talked about earlier in the episode, people all over are dealing with trauma. Yeah. Um, it's good to hear again. Uh, hearing out what you're talking about it, but um, uh, pl like, please, 
it's been really nice to have Taze talk to me and, and talk to our group about what he's been going through. And again, I'll use the word sobering again because it, it is. It makes you realize, like, dude, if you're struggling with anything, like, please seek the help that you need. Please. Um, uh, sorry. Again, I'm, I'm tearing up now. Um, please go get the help. Please don't. I know, like Tay talked about, um, suicide can seem like an enticing answer at a certain point, um, but it's not for a myriad of reasons. Your family, the people that care for you, that love you, your friends. Um, so, um, yeah, just, I know it's tough and it's tough as a, I feel like it's less tough these days. Um, but it used to be tough as like, you know, a man's man to, right. to just push all the feelings down. Um, hopefully that's not the case anymore. Like, please talk to your friends and family and, and, uh, there are, multiple outlets out there for you to uh get the help that you that you need um yeah i don't i don't know yeah thanks man it's uh you know yeah that whole mindset of you know boys don't cry and i am the direct result of that whole uh mindset not saying like that was pushed upon me, but I adopted that at a very uh, early age. Like I don't, I was talking to my wife about it, but any emotion that I have, whether it be joy, anger, sadness, fear, I express them. I don't express them very much. Like even, even when I'm at my happiest, you, you can't really tell. Like I, I observe happiness more than I, participate in happiness um to me that's what joy is is something that you get to like see and and observe um but that's not that's not how you should feel and and that's the result of many 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 30 something years of uh numbing all of my emotions because the the sad fact is when you numb one emotion you numb all of them that's how your brain works you cannot numb sadness or traumatic events or fear without numbing your ability to experience love and joy and all of that um you may be able to do it for a time for specific ones but eventually um it's where i found myself that's why it was hard to experience joy from things like gaming um that's why it was i never felt like i got angry like nothing got my blood boiling um it was every single emotion and still to this day, I'm, I'm still trying to work through this stuff. I was not experiencing like the, like most people do. Um, so that's kind of where we found myself, um, a couple of weeks ago, but 
I will say recently I've had a really cool epiphany uh, and you kind of alluded to it Swift when you were talking about um, not necessarily meditation, but just like listening and just absorbing and not thinking. Um, we were talking a lot about all these emotions and um, it was a, like a couple of days after I kind of learned with the group about how our brain does that with numbing emotions. And I just was sitting in the car outside of therapy, listening to music before our session started. And I was eating this, uh, if you haven't tried this, go get one. Starbucks has this uh, coconut or lime frosted coconut bar. If you like key lime pie and like coconut flavor, I was having, so I was, I was trying to focus a lot on feeling emotions physically, like how I was feeling when I ate something or when I hear music or like what I was physically feeling when I was, um, something made me happy or whatever. And I was listening to this song, just a random like EDM chill step song. And I just was like, felt like I was listening to music for the first time. And I felt like I was eating. I described it as I felt like my whole life I was consuming, not eating. I felt like I was hearing and not listening. I was observing and not seeing. Like all of my senses were also dulled. And that moment I had in the car, it sounds cheesy, but I was like tearing up just because I was like, this song is so beautiful. Just the way that the melody is working and this thing tastes so good. And there's different flavors in here and textures. And I wasn't just eating it to eat it, I was like savoring it. And it was like, this epiphany that went off. So the last few days have been really, really good for me and, and the family, just kind of discovering um, all that stuff and feeling joy and uh, anger too and sadness too. But I feel like I'm starting to tap into um, how to experience things again. Um, but I will tell you, I haven't figured out PTSD. I'm not even close to figuring out how to um you know live with these thoughts and and stuff but um we're working there right it's a work in progress so always uh, yeah and i uh, i will keep going for my family and friends and and uh i'm just happy to have a little bit of progress uh in the last week or so but this is draw i've drawn this on for quite a bit but if you're struggling with um PTSD or any sort of trauma, just please, 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 please reach out to someone so you can talk about it because you cannot shoulder that weight on your own. Uh, trust me. Yeah. If it, seriously, if you, uh, and I know Taze knows this, but if you need, uh, I know it's probably random to reach out to a stranger, but <laughs> any of our friends or like literally if you're a stranger and you need someone to reach out to, please reach out to us. Um, I'm, like I said, alluded to earlier, I'm a very emotional human being. I will cry with you. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's it. Cool, man. Like you said, if you're struggling, reach out, make a connection. Anything is going to help you. Yeah. And, uh, we're here to help as well. If, uh, if you don't have anywhere else to turn to, you can find us, uh, Bonsai Gaming on Discord. And if you want 
to reach out on email. It's omgpodcastgg at gmail.com. We'd be happy to talk to you and hang out with you or, or just listen. We don't have to provide any answers. Obviously, we're not experts in any of this. We all have, we both, as we've told you today, have our own issues. But what we both can do is listen and, and just be there if you need someone. All right, sure. man. That's about as, as much of that as I can take. You, you yeah. good to move on? I'm good. All right. Thanks for the conversation with us, guys. And uh, we will now move on to what we played for the week. Cool, dude. Mine is short and sweet. The only video game I played this week was Fortnite. And I might be done with it. No, you can't give up. I've had, I've, I've had fun playing with you and the boys, but I have not enjoyed the actual gameplay. Like, mm. maybe, I, maybe I just need more time with it, but I'm, I'm, it's like frustrating. I feel like I'm trying to drive on the wrong side of the road in a different country. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just need more time uh, behind the wheel, but. Yeah, maybe. It, it's, very, it's a very interesting game because I love the aesthetic. I love how it looks. It's really enjoyable. I love what they do with all the pop culture references. I don't know how they do this, probably because they make billions of dollars uh, a month, but... <laughs> <laughs> I I do really love the the actual like feel of the game, but the gameplay is is something I'm having a hard time with. But maybe I'll yeah, find I mean, it's, it's different for sure. I have not found the stroke per se in uh, in Fortnite like I have in most other games that I pick up. But yeah, we've only been doing no build, which we will, which I will continue to only do. But, yeah, hard uh, hard pass on the build mode. Yeah, I guess there's just a lot to learn, but it's been fun, man. And I, I might, I think maybe because I only played that all week, it was kind of getting frustrating toward the end of last yeah. night. Yeah, uh, I might need to sprinkle in some other stuff. How <laughs> to branch out? Yeah. yeah, I didn't have a ton of time for gaming just because I was trying to uh, get some stuff, you know, good to go around the house and whatnot. But yeah. That's it for me, man. More to follow. I should have the Steam Deck uh, here in my grubby little paws uh, in the next few days, and then uh, I'll have more to follow on that. Oh, one funny thing I did learn. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I I got the Xbox Series X, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I go, I think I did say this on another episode, but I'm going through this major trauma because my TV does not support 4K 120 hertz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, that's rough <laughs> so I, d- I didn't even play a single game on that damn thing but <laughs> which i don't know why it's not like i can't play at not 4k 120 but in my mind but to truly <laughs> you know appreciate it all right you have to you have to wait and buy a new tv all right dude what'd you get into uh i'll keep this short and sweet i played Fortnite with you mm-hmm. uh yeah I'm right. still enjoying it. Um, I played a bunch of God of War, actually. Mm. Um, I think I put like four or five hours into it this week, which doesn't seem like a lot for the week. But um, again, full time job. 
boy yeah, that's, that's a lot so, for you for you on one game that's that's a lot um it's still enjoying it i actually looked uh quick side note i looked at like the progression of the story and i put i feel like i put like a lot of time into it yeah and i looked it into the progression of the story and i'm like a uh less than a four a quarter of the way through and oh. i was like okay tight 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 that's cool though because at least you yeah. didn't get uh, the problem with that is though I, I do this a lot is i'll get like 80 percent of the way through a game assessed and then i'll stop playing yeah now i play i, play, I mean i plan on beating it um but i got a long way to go obviously cool. um and then the the third game i played again i didn't play too many either but the third game i played was valheim and uh we can get into valheim in a later episode when we're not you know going a long time about all kinds of other stuff but uh valheim i think is great i've never played minecraft but i but easy said it's it sounds similar where you're like looting or not looting but i guess looting like random things from the earth and building a structure and a house and all the things uh, um greg and i beat the first boss um so oh weird it's uh, got bosses yeah there's like seven i think huh. um but uh really enjoying it so far again we can get into the the nitty-gritty later on but cool uh, i think yeah. is that is that game actually out or is it early access no it's still early access oh wow yeah okay i see but uh yeah it's it's fun it's it's kind of like i told uh easy at work it's kind of like what he says minecraft is where it's um if you don't want to you don't have to be in a fight or whatever oh right? gotcha so yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of lo- it's low-key um not you high just action do, do whatever you want build your house as grand as you want it uh, is it survival so are you it like- is oh okay yeah this looks cool uh, i don't know why i haven't tried this oh it's a, it's very fun i love it and it, the it's literally i think i downloaded it on steam hold on let's see well huh I think it's like 1.7 gigabytes. Wow. Total total space. Like it's not you know, it's not what we're accustomed to as far as, you know, graphics and all that. It's yeah, too yeah. like it's 3D, but it's whatever. The graphics don't really care and you just kind of wander around the world. Um Oh, I see. It's 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 got a like, great time. It's got that like uh pixelated kind of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I yeah, check this it's out. it's very cool. I'm enjoying so, it. Like, so we get to can we all play in the same thing? Yep, Craig and I, Craig joined my world, uh, and taught me taught me the ropes initially as far as how to upgrade weapons and your house and hmm. all kinds of stuff. So cool. Well, I look forward yeah. to uh, hearing more about that game. Yeah, and uh, trying it out. All right, dude. Well, we've been going for two hours here, so we'll 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 let you guys off the hook. But uh, yeah, we'll go around the room. Anything else to say, Swift? No, man. 
think we nailed it. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, joining us on this serious but uh, important topic. And like we said, if you need help, reach out. And uh, cool. You can find us on OMG dot podcast or OMG underscore podcast GG on Twitter and Instagram. And as well as send us an email at OMG podcast GG at gmail.com. We'd be happy to hear from you. Send us uh, your thoughts on what you like, what you don't like. If you're into two-hour episodes or if you hate it. And uh, <laughs> you can find me streaming from time to time on twitch.tv slash the stroke and swiftmeda at twitch.tv slash swiftmeda. You can also find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. And with that, we will leave you with one final thought. Just because you have to grow up doesn't mean you have to stop playing games. Game on, gamers, and we'll see you next week on One More Game. Swift, see ya. See ya. You've been listening to the One More Game podcast. Designed for adults who play video games. Adults who play video games who constantly get nagged about it. Nag, nag, nag. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Find the One More Game podcast where you get your podcasts. Hit us up on Instagram at OMG Podcast GG and on Twitter at OMG underscore Podcast GG. Until next time, they'll keep nagging and we'll keep playing. See you next time on the One More Game Podcast.